What is up, my friend? Welcome to episode number 108 of the Anthony Johnny Mix podcast. It's still hard to believe for me that this is episode 108, and this is the second year of the podcast. This is kind of crazy, crazy cool to me. Now, today I decided to bring you like a blast from my past. He's a guy who's created a profitable online business using affiliate marketing and affiliates to really help market his products and services. And I'd say he knows like the affiliate marketing game inside and out, and he's had just a crazy a crazy journey in creating his business. And he has created millions of dollars in revenue and has some just like legitimate experiential wisdom from building teams and scaling businesses. So if 2021 is your year to scale your online business and you're looking for some wisdom and some inspiration, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Anthony John Amex podcast, helping entrepreneurs break through to new levels of peace, power, and profit. Prepare to open your mind to the proven tactics and strategies the world's leading intellects have used to avoid a stagnant career and achieve a life of freedom, purpose, and success. It's time to increase your levels of power with your host, Anthony John Amex. All right, welcome back. Now, today's guest is Matt McWilliams. He's an affiliate JV manager. He's a consultant and an online entrepreneur. He has experimented and he has failed a whole whole lot. Now I'll tell you more about that in a second, but the good news is is despite his failures, he stuck with it. You know what I mean? And he has created the life and business that he actually enjoys waking up to every single day. He has a blog that you can check out over at mattmcwilliams.com and it'll help you just really make a lot more money as an affiliate marketer and also teach you how to leverage affiliate relationships to really maximize your income. Now the guy has worked in small business and online marketing for like a long time, like as long as he can remember and mostly because, let's be honest, like he'll even tell you himself, he just couldn't make it in a real job. Like the dude was fired four times and his dad even fired him at the age of 23. He was even arrested at the age of 25 for just this boneheaded move of perjury while running for the local board of education at the age of 23 because like back then he was required to file regular campaign finance reports. And so with all of the immense wisdom that he had of 23 years of life experience, <laughs> he decided to falsify um, a, like seven of the reports due to poor record keeping. Now, thankfully, he was able to get off for admitting the truth and he was able to do a lot of community service. And then by the age of 27, he found himself as an executive in this thriving startup. And that company happened to win the best business award from the Nashville Business Journal that year. And by that year's end, when he was 27, they had 50 people working for the company. And he was personally responsible for leading a team of 12. And he had no clue what he was doing. And everybody knew that he didn't. And he eventually got fired from there as well. And so there he was in November of 2011, unemployed, brand new house, a six-month-old daughter, a stay-at-home mom to support. And that was really like the moment that he resolved to never again be dependent on an employer for income or on others' approval. And he resolved that day to live life on his terms. And he's now just this uh, a published author in the book called Internet Marketing from the Real Experts. And he's published countless articles in industry trade magazines. Now, before I bring Matt onto the show, I want to let you know about a free training I've put together for you. 
It's all about how to rewire and transform your subconscious patterns in 90 days or less so you embody your potential and unlock freedom in your life and business. And you can gain immediate access to that training simply by going to trainingwithaj.com. There is like no opt-in. There's nothing. There's really nothing required. It's simply go to trainingwithaj.com if you want to learn how to take advantage of some of the unconventional wisdom that I found to embodying your potential and creating life on your terms. Now, with that being said, let's bring Matt onto the show. Matt McWilliams, welcome to the show, brother. Hey, man. What's up? Good to be here, dude. Dude, it's good. It's good. I'm glad to see you. It has been six years, I believe, since you and I have talked, but it seems like it was honestly just the other day. I mean, we were talking about this before we went live, like six years is, so, you know, like we just got a puppy and he, he's five months old, but five months is, you know, like three years in dog years, totally. right? I, I'm pretty much and the same in internet years. I, like it's kind of six years is like 40. <laughs> it's like my lifetime. I'm 41. That's it's my lifetime ago in internet years, which is so just true. crazy. So we should, we should, we should have worn like leg warmers. And I don't know, maybe those have already come back. We should have worn leg warmers and busted out some Nintendo or something for this. So good. What what type of puppy did you get? My wife and I, my daughter, we just got a new puppy. Okay, well. so we got to talk about that. We got to talk about what kind of puppy we got. We got, it's a, it's a mixed breed. It's a Australian cattle dog and beagle. Nice. And so he's got the short stumpy legs of the yeah. beagle. It's yeah. in the, he's got the length of the beagle. He's adorable, but he's got the speed and the smarts because Australian cattle dogs are like wicked smart. He's totally. got that from uh, from Australian cattle dog. So I, I don't know. I think he's like, he's, this is probably everybody. Like I was not a dog person until about three months ago. Okay. And overnight I became a dog person. My mom even said that they're nice. She was like, oh my gosh, you are such a dog person now. And yes, I probably am like everybody. I'm like, I think my dog is the greatest, you know, ours is just better than yours. There was some blog article I read the other day that said, if you want to increase your level of consciousness, get a dog. (laughs) Like like there to like, get a dog because they bring so much, this high level energy, so much just love, unconditional love to the household that it's kind of hard to have a bad day when you're just like holding and cuddling a dog. (laughs) It's so crazy. Like one of my favorite things is it doesn't matter whoever he hasn't seen the longest. So if he's with them and I go upstairs, um, he's, I mean, he's flying like, I mean, and it's like, he's seeing me and he hasn't seen me in years. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's that reaction. Like a human would react if they haven't seen somebody that they had, you know, love in, in months or years. But if, if I'm with them for a while and then our daughter comes downstairs oh, and then when our son comes down, oh, you know, and it's like, it's the cool thing. Like what a cool attitude, you know, totally. like if we, I mean, I don't know. I fall into that trap. It's like, um, you know, my wife gets home and I'm like, Hey baby, you know, I mean, it's only, it's only been, you know, 48 minutes since I saw her last, but like 48 minutes for him. Now granted, you know, that's seven hours in dog time. <laughs> um, like he's flying, like he's going to, no, that would be inappropriate if I just like ran and tackled my wife, but I don't know. I um, think you should try it out. I should, I think you should try yeah, it out and see how it works I out mean, for you. We could end up with some concussions or something, but you know, <laughs> yeah. So what did you get? What did you get? We have a great Dane and her, her name is Laura. So she's, she's blue. She has little white fingers, mm. uh, on a couple of her feet. And so, yeah, her name's Laura. She's, um, 25 pounds and nine weeks old. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think Weston, I don't think he's quite 25 pounds. He start, I noticed it like, um, when we, who wakes up in the morning? So he's my alarm clock. Um, yesterday I slept in, it was weird. Cause I stopped setting an alarm. I really, I genuinely did. I haven't needed one since we got him because he wakes me up 
you know, pretty much consistently between 5:40 and 6:20, you yep. know, and, and that's about I want to get up about 6 6:15, 6, so whatever, I mean, if 6:20 yeah. is not the end of the world. Yeah. And it just works out great cuz I figure, you know, if he's going to sleep till 6:20, then why wake him up at 6, you know, and disturb him? Like I'll just let him go. Well, and yesterday he slept till like 7. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I'm panicking. <laughs> like I'm behind." But I, so I have to, I carry him downstairs because it's dark and I don't want him trying to like, even though they see better in the dark than us, I don't know why I would, but I carry him downstairs and I noticed that by the time I got down the stairs through everything, got back to the alarm, disarmed the alarm and got to the front door, I was like, hey, my arm's hurting, <laughs> you know, just like holding him like this for three minutes, you know, my, I was like, well, got my right bicep workout in today, you know, um, yeah, so he's just big enough now where he hurts my arm, but otherwise he's still kind of a little puppy. Awesome, man. Let's get into like some stuff about like affiliate yeah. marketing. How in the world did you get into the game of affiliate marketing? Oh my gosh. Uh, you a Grateful Dead fan by chance? I'm not. Okay. My favorite album of theirs was called, I think I'm getting the title right. It was What a Long Strange Trip. What a Long Strange Trip It's Been. Um, and that's kind of like how I did it. I, um, I was actually uh, sharing this story with somebody the other day, uh, just over, over coffee. And I was talking about how, like, I had forgotten some of the pieces to this story. It was pretty cool. So I got, I, I grew up playing golf. Um, I was a golfer in, uh, in high school, played golf at the University of Tennessee, played professionally for a couple of years after college. Um, still have the injury that I got my freshman year of college when I hitting a ball out of a deep rough at the University of Virginia's golf course. I jarred a bone out of alignment in my wrist. Mm and uh, never got it repaired basically led to me not being able to practice or play and they were like yeah you can do surgery and you'll the recovery time's 18 months i'm like i'm i think i'm gonna quit you know um i was already sort of i was working with my dad you know kind of in the off season teaching these golf schools and in 2002 i discovered this website called google uh, you may have heard of it now. And but back then, like nobody was advertising on Google, right? And what I discovered was my dad and I were teaching these golf schools. He was getting about two people per golf school. Um, he was making, uh, charge about $2,000 a person, three-day golf school. He'd make $4,000 in three days, you know, teaching these golf schools. Like, you know, you think about it, that's not bad. I mean, he was in his 40s, you know, it wasn't like, it, you know, it wasn't a multimillionaire, but it's kind of cool if he could do one of those, you know, 30 times a year, he'd make, a little bit over six figures. And then he make other income as well from other lessons. And I was like, dad, what if we, what if we taught these together, you know, and I could help take the brunt off of you. He's like, but Brian, I've only got two people coming to these things, you know, like maybe three on occasion. I'm like, what if we tried to get more people? I, I, I have this idea the people go to the, you know, my dad never got on the internet, by the way, he passed away in 2005, never owned a cell phone, never got on the internet, never owned a computer. Um, ironically though, I learned some of my best online business lessons. If we have a chance, I'll share some of those, but anyway, like people go to these things called search engines and they, they, you know, they type in words. I'm like trying to explain it to them. Like you'd explain to a, you know, like you'd explain to your grandmother how to set up her iPhone for the first time. And I'm like, they go there and they put in keywords and then they, you know, they, they search for stuff. And I was like, what if we bid on keywords? We lived in a place called Pinehurst, North Carolina, which is the golf capital of the world. What if we put in like Pinehurst Golf School and like nobody was bidding on it? What if we put in like North Carolina Golf School or Winter Golf School or all these search terms? And so for 10 cents a click, you could come to our website. You had two choices. Like today we would say you want to build an email list, right? You want to have a free lead magnet. Um, you want to get subscribers and convert them, right? You had two choices when you came to our website. You either paid me $2,000 or you left. That was it. 
I would not recommend that in 2020 or 21 for the record. I, you know, that would be ridiculous. But those are your two choices, 2002. Here's the thing. We are converting one out of every 50 to 100 visitors into a, a $2,000 customer. You can do the math on that. Let's say it's 100 people, 10 cents a click. Cost me $10 to acquire a $2,000 customer. And I very specifically remember, AJ, I don't know if you remember the show, Allie McBeal. Yes. But I'm a dude. But for some reason, I'm sitting there. I still live with my, live with my mom. I paid her like 200 bucks a month to live with her. And they had an alley. It was, uh, there was an ice storm. We could not leave our house for like four days. There was, the power lines were down across the roads. We lived in the middle of, you know, Bumbleburg. So, you know, they didn't come out there for four days. And there was an Ally McBeal marathon on FX. And I sat there for 12 hours and we had the little alert that told us every time we made a sale and like episode one, ding, and like watching Ally McBeal in the middle of an ice storm, I just made $2,000. I didn't do anything today. I didn't teach anybody. I didn't do about two hours later, ding, a couple hours, ding, that night at nine o'clock, ding. I made like five or six sales sitting on my butt all day watching Allie McBeal. I made like 10 or $12,000. I was 22 years old. So that's how I got into this online marketing space. But there was a problem. And that was that I would make these sales and it'd be like, yeah, oh, I made $10,000, made $2,000, $4,000, whatever it was. And like, literally, we suddenly were having like eight people show up at these golf schools, splitting 50-50 with my dad. You can do the math. I'm 22 living with my mom, paying nothing to live there. Basically I'm making like $8,000 in a weekend. I don't know. I have no idea what, like my friends are making that in like a quarter, you know, and there's a problem though. I'd be like, yes, I get, I made so much money. Crap. I got to teach people how to play golf. I don't like teaching people how to play golf. It is not fun for me. I hate this because growing up, my friend and I that played together every day, we had this saying that, uh, there was one particular guy that worked at the golf course that still thought he was going to be a professional golfer, but God, he was terrible. Oh my goodness. But he still thought like, I still, I still remember him. He, he'd go out there and he'd be like, yep, I'm going to play on the mini tours and work my whip. I'm like, no, you're not. You suck. <laughs> I'm just like, this is the 17 year old me. Right. You know, I'm like, you're terrible. I, I beat you when I'm 17, you know? And but he, he just, he kept working at it and never made it. And we said that one day he was teaching this old lady in a purple sweater, how to play golf. And Hunter and I looked at each other and said, we will never teach old ladies in purple sweaters how to play golf. That's our thing. Like we're going to play professionally or we're not going to have anything to do with the game. Like we're not going to teach old ladies in purple sweaters. So we're teaching these golf schools, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 people showing up for and one day as we're getting ready Friday, late morning, a 72 year old woman in a lavender sweater starts walking up. 2002, 2003. I take a picture with my like 0.2 megapixel flip phone like that. Take it and send it to my friend Hunter. Now, if you have any female friends, you know that when you send a picture like that to a female friend and say, kill me now, they pick up the phone immediately, call you and say, oh, honey, I am so sorry. Is there anything? Can I bring you a pie? You know, they like, I think that's what I don't do. Do women do that? Do they bring pies to their friend? I don't know. But only they, in the South for sure. Yeah, okay. Only in the South. Bless, <laughs> bless your heart, honey. Bless your heart. Uh, which is where I grew up in the way. So I can make fun of the South. Um, I live in Indiana now, but I'm still sort of a Southerner. And, um, you know, they call, but my friend being a male, you know, and a good friend, he's my best friend in the whole wide world, other than my wife. He responds back and says, haha, sucks to be you. And so that was kind of the beginning of the end. Now, that long Genesis story that is only covers about six months. Fast forward many years later, he and I start a business and we're about to go broke. And we needed something that would 
make us money without spending money, at least on the front end. We needed something that didn't have the risk of advertising. Cause here's the thing, newsflash, you want to run ads on Facebook. You got to give Mr. Zuckerberg money before he sends you traffic, right? That's how it works. He doesn't just send you traffic and then, you know, ask for money later. We needed a thing that could scale. We needed a thing that could kind of set us apart from our competition. And so we started this thing called an affiliate program. I didn't know what that meant. The only thing I knew about affiliates was what I'd heard, you know, radio affiliates, you know, WBCL, it's an affiliate for this, you know, uh, I didn't know anything, but I, and there wasn't any information on Google back then, you know, this is 2005, but I learned and I learned and I made a bunch of mistakes and I applied my, my sales background with my marketing background, a little bit of my tech hat. I tried some things and I stumbled upon, um, over the course of a couple of years, we grew uh, about a 12 and a half million dollar affiliate program. I discovered that I loved affiliate marketing. I loved everything about affiliate marketing. I loved building affiliate programs and I love teaching other entrepreneurs how to do it. And so, but it all kind of goes back to that day when, you know, I wanted to help my dad with starting these golf schools and realizing I loved selling. I loved marketing. I loved designing the website. I loved the tech stuff. Gosh, I hated teaching golf and I was the world's worst golf instructor. So it all goes back to that. Nice. Nice. So you mentioned that you, you did 12 and a half million. What, um, what keeps you motivated? Like, it's like, here's why I asked that, you know, if somebody's like, listen to this and they're newbie, they're going to hear the story and be like, dude, $8,000 a weekend. Great. And yeah. then for the people who have been in this game a long time and they've made the $8,000 in a weekend, they're like, okay, cool. Let's make some more money. So my question is like, what keeps you going? Because at some point it's, I assume, and maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> The money isn't the thing that gets you out of bed. We definitely know it's your dog for sure that's getting you out of bed. Yeah. <laughs> but beyond that, like, what's the thing that's really driving you to continue playing this affiliate game? Yeah, you know, it's funny when people do ask me, like, what gets you out of bed in the morning? I'm like, a puppy? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as soon as he shakes, you know, and does that, he's got the little chain, you know, the little collar on yeah. with the phone number. That wakes me up every morning. <laughs> um, you should be an alarm clock or an opportunity clock, as Zig Ziglar would say. Um, you know, here's the thing. It, this almost sounds bad. I'm, I'm going to answer this question in two ways. Um, it is money, actually. Awesome. And, and the thing is, nobody wants to say that. And and like, I don't, like as you were asking the question, in my mind, I'm again, I'm like, this is like the total transparency hour here. The tape that was playing, uh, I was born in 1979, so I still call it tapes. Uh, pe people today would never call it that, would they? Like, you know, the MP3 that was playing in my mind, I don't know what they would say, you know. Um, the tape that's playing in my mind is, do I tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth? Or do I tell the part where I leave off the part where I say it's money? So I'm going to get to the other part in a minute and the part that like, you know, is what I'm supposed to say, but, um, so on this is, show, we, we don't go into what you're supposed to say. There is yeah. what you say, period. Yeah, exactly. And, it. and so <laughs> it, it's money awesome. is, the, is the, is the thing. And here's the reason money is the only scorecard that I have. Um, I, I work with, uh, you know, over the past um, year and a half, I've lost 88 pounds of fat. Like I used to look like I got stung by a hive of bees and I don't look like that anymore. The reason is I work with a coach and there are all sorts of metrics you could use. You know, how far can I run? I can run a lot farther. I can run seven, eight miles now without dying. You know, um, how much weight can I lift? Well, I can do 250 pushups and not, you know, I'll be a little sore the next day, but I'm not going to puke. You know, uh, when I first started, I could do like 40 you know, but the ultimate scorecard is the scale. It's, it's literally the, that's, that's the scorecard. If I went down something this week, I won. If I went up, 
I failed, you know? Um, is it the end all be all? Of course not. Money's not the end all be all either. The, the other side in this is totally accurate. So the reason I say that first part is that money is the, it's the scorecard. If we made more money this year, and it doesn't necessarily mean, and this is the funny thing I've learned. I made less money running a $12.5 million company than I make now running a not $12.5 million company. When I, when I'm no joke, when we built that thing to 12 and a half million, and that was a $12.5 million affiliate program. I'll take that back. It was about an $18 million company. I don't think I ever took home more than $7,000 in a month. When my dad and I taught the golf schools, we were only about a $600,000 company. I took home half that, you know, minus a few expenses. I took home $297,000. I mean, I literally, yeah, I made like more than a quarter of a million dollars back to back years at the age of 22 and 23 before he fired me. Um, and yeah, I'll just leave that one hanging there. We won't even talk about that. <laughs> but like, it, it's that's what, the funny thing is I made less than I make more now with a company one eighth and a half ish of the size. It's not the money is the scorecard that shows like, here's how many lives we're impacting. Um, what drives me truly like i'll put it this way money is not the money is what keeps me going most days and like the ability to provide for my family because there's more to it than the money like yeah i want i, I want a bigger house and i'll just say that i want a bigger house i want to have more land i want to have a really cool uh barn a big i want a bit not a, just a barn i want a big old building where we can put a, a half size indoor soccer field in there so our kids can play year-round and so i can hit golf balls out of a garage into the field and go pick them up when the snow thaws. Uh, yeah, I want to have money where, you know, if you're going to do that, you got to buy like 4,000 golf balls to get you through the winter. I want to be able to do that and I have to think about it. You know, I want all those things, but we have two main drivers in our company. Number one, we want to help hundred thousand or hundred thousand entrepreneurs make their first dollar online. Um, for us, I know that it's, it's just like pricing. When you price a product, the biggest leap you will make is not from $100 to $1,000, $1,000 to $10,000, $10,000 to a million. It's from zero to one. Like you charge anything. That that uh, the inertia, the resistance to literally, normally this this is my, my wallet. Actually, it's talk about timing. This is never down here in the studio. I just happened to have it in today because I had to buy something. Normally this is upstairs, which means I got to go over there, walk up those stairs, go up there, go down the hall, risk not waking up the dog who's taking a nap right now to grab this wallet. You put an offer in front of me and I pull up the page and it asks for payment. I have to go, I really want to make that much effort right now. Now I don't want to wake up Weston. I'm going to wait till later. You 50, 50 chance you just lost the sale just because I didn't want to walk up there to get my wallet. Now it happens to be right there right now. Boom, I'll, you'll make the sale. That zero to one is the biggest thing in pricing. It's also the biggest thing in terms of uh, mindset for business owners. You help them make their first dollar online. Here's a fun thing. It's usually not a dollar. Usually they'll make seven or 22. Or in my case, it was 588. I made zero, then 588. Set the course for the rest of my life. If I can help 100,000 people make their first dollar, I've probably, without even, even trying, probably created five to 10,000 millionaires, probably created 10 to 25,000 people who will hire employees because they made that first dollar. And the second thing is I want to help 10,000 companies start an affiliate program because um, too many people are out there. I mean, we work with them all the time in our coaching program in our masterminds. It's like, uh, I, I, I jumped in, I kind of laid into one of our clients the other day 
And she was like, what? When I said, what are your wins for the week? And she's like, well, I finally got my Facebook, you know, page right. I was like, how many fans are on your Facebook page? She's like 27 or 52 or whatever. And I'm like, do you know how many people see your post when you post them? She's like, well, it says about five. I'm like, mm-hmm. how much time did you spend? She's like four hours. I'm like, you spent four hours. So five people can see your prettier Facebook page. That's a stupid way to spend your afternoon. You could have spent those same four hours reaching out to potential partners, potential affiliates, and gotten one of them who will send one email promoting your one offer, make you $5,000. How much did your Facebook page get you yesterday? She said zero. So you wasted four hours. You know, I was like, and I, I literally just, I was like, stop messing with your Facebook page. Do the things that will make you money. So if we can help 10,000 entrepreneurs start an affiliate program, that's a win. So those are kind of our, our metrics. Ultimately, yeah, I mean, if, if we help enough entrepreneurs do those things, um, the money is, is the scorecard because a lot of times we don't know, you know, we don't like, we're, we're, we know there are people who will never report to us. Hey, I made my first dollar or, Hey, I started an affiliate program because of your podcast. Um, but yeah, so money's the scorecard. How did you, um, get to the clarity of you wanting to help a hundred thousand people make their first dollar online? Cause I wanted to help 10,000. I woke up one day and realized that was not nearly, that was not enough to keep me going. Awesome. Um, How did you even get I, to 10,000? I, so my, um, I have a good friend of mine who, I, who, who shall remain anonymous. Um, cause I don't know if I have permission to share this, but, um, he and I were talking one day, he's a, he's in the online marketing business space, helps authors, um, and I said, I said, you know, I'm trying to think of how to say this without giving, you know, his, because if I say enough, then people kind of figure out who it is. And I don't know that I have, I don't think he would mind, but I don't want to say his name. Um, basically he said that, you know, he said, people need a, 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 a goal that's, um, that's just past that point of like, that's easy, but not so big, of course, that you're like, holy freaking crap. You know, it's like me throughout this journey of losing. It was like, if I just lose one pound, I mean, do the math. If you lose one pound a week for 52 weeks, and you don't have to be a math whiz to figure that one out. Um, newsflash, you'll lose more early on. And eventually it'll slow down to one and you're still going to be a winner. <laughs> and so it's like, it needs to be something that's, you know, that, that achievable, but, you know, just enough of a stretch. And so for him, it, everything was a thousand, you know, a thousand. It was like, if I can get a thousand people on my email list, if I can get a thousand people, if I can get a thousand buyers of my, of my book, then I can scale it from there. If I can get a thousand downloads of my podcast and like, that's really cool. I like things to be 10 X. So I just went with 10,000. Um, and then I was, uh, I remember I was actually at a conference and we were doing a recap of the conference and I announced the hundred thousand person thing publicly before I'd ever announced it to anyone else, including my wife or our team. And if you watch the video closely enough that I'm doing with one of the guys on our team at the time, when I said, you know, and we, I was like, and I, I remember cause he was sitting right here and I was like, and as a company, we have a vision to help a hundred thousand people make their first dollar online. And you, and so you see him and he go, he goes, 
like that with his eyes, you know, you know, we're on video so you can see, it. but he has this look of like, yep, I'm agreeing with everything. Wait, what did you just say? okay, well, I'm not going to keep looking at you strangely. So I'll just nod my head again. And it was, uh-huh. it's the funniest thing. And I don't know if anybody like ever picked up on that. Like you'd have to know it was coming to even see his, his facial reaction, but it was hysterical because, you know, he was even like, holy freaking crap, you know, that's intimidating. Um, you know, to date, here we are, uh, you know, recording this right before Christmas, 2020, and to date, we've helped that we know of about 1,500. Now, we know there's a lot more that we don't know of. Um, but the ones who have taken, who've been through our course, one of the things we send when you when you join our course, No Product, No Problem, is we send out this mailing. That's actually an old fundraising trick that I learned. And it's a it's just a you know, sheet of paper. It has a dollar bill um, paper clip to it. And the thinking behind this was, I know when I made my first dollar, so to speak, as a golf instructor... Um, I got paid in cash. Somebody paid me $100 cash to teach them two golf lessons. Well, I got paid in 520s. I was not about to frame that $20 bill because at that time I was not making $8,000 in a weekend. I was making, well, it was 100 bucks, um, <laughs> you know, for the month. And so I took that 20, put it in the cash register, pulled out a 10, a five and, and five ones and took one of the dollar bills and I framed it. You go to a restaurant, most restaurants, like local restaurants have that dollar, right? Or that $5 bill their first payment. You know, we, we celebrate that. The problem is when you're an online business, your first payment's a PayPal deposit. And, and there can be this disconnect between that's real money. Like ask me how much is in our PayPal account. I don't know, a few thousand dollars doesn't even feel like it's there. Like I'll log in once a quarter and be like, oh, we have a lot of money. I'll move some to our checking account, you know, business checking account. I don't even think about it. It's not even like real money to us. So we mail out that dollar and we say, when you make your first dollar, I want you to put this somewhere. I want you to take, we mail them a certificate. I want you to glue this dollar bill to the certificate, frame it, put it up in your wall as a way of celebrating. So we have a collection of about 1500 of these people who are, you know, holding that picture out to the side that we know of. Um, I'm assuming there's more and we may never know exactly the exact number. If we can get a hundred thousand people who hold that, that frame up, uh, that's going to, that's going to be a huge win for us. Awesome. What's been your, like one of your biggest, like personal or business breakthroughs that you've experienced on the journey thus far? 2007, um, we were scaling the company and I remember, uh, not, not this, not my current company. This is my old company. And we had, we had five departments so this is early 2007. This totally changed by mid 2007 because of what I'm about to tell you. We had our like our IT department, our customer service, our sales department. We had our um, you know our uh, like we we call them talent department. It was basically kind of HR, but it, you know there's like five people in there. It weren't just HR. There was some other stuff in there. Um, so we had those four departments, um, and we had our finance department all of those departments had at least four people. The one that didn't was the affiliate department. Now the the ironic thing is our branch of the company was responsible for more than two thirds of all the sales. It was like 69% of the total revenue in the company came through me and it was just me. And I was, and one of the things that happened that I realized, because, and I'd had uh, an assistant that worked with me for a while, but my assistant didn't do things exactly like I did. And I was working with our 
customer service and sales team because we were a small enough company. I mean, you think you know, at that time we were probably doing $10 million. $10 million company is still small enough that the, the three owners of the company, we were still heavily involved. Like we still were in on every interview. You know, we, we knew everyone we hired. It was you know, a 30 person company at the time, maybe. And I was involved in all aspects of the company and I was meeting with the customer service team and, um, and I was like, no, you know, we have to do things this way. And if you, if, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, well, I did it this way and it, and, and it didn't work. And I went, man, I was like, and I looked, I looked at somebody else. I was like, well, how much money did that cost us? And she was like, well, probably a thousand dollars. And I was like, huh that big of a mistake and it cost us a thousand dollars. I was like, let's look back. And I just, I was like, who can name the most expensive mistake anybody's ever made? I was like, remember that time the servers went down for like six hours and like, yeah, well we shut off all the marketing and we did this and we did that. And I was like, well, how much did that cost us? Like $3,000. It's like, so the worst mistake anybody's ever made in this entire company cost us $3,000. And so it was this revelation that here's what I realized about working with other people and delegating and leadership. And fast forward six, and I'll tell you that in a second, fast forward six months later, we had a team of six people in our department and I was leading them very well. What I realized was half the time they'll do it exactly like I would because they don't know of anything else. They're going to just do it like I would. Awesome. So the other half of the time, if they do it differently, let's break that down. Um, a third of the time, 50% of the time, roughly, it's not going to matter. They're going to do it a little bit differently and it's just not going to matter. They're going to get the same result I would have gotten. Some percentage of the time they're going to do it differently and get a better result. And every now and again, and this was my, this was my rule. It was, we call it the rule of 3000. Once every so often they're going to screw something up and the worst it's going to cost us is $3,000 it's probably going to be less. It's probably going to be a thousand, 500, 200, zero. They're going to make a mistake and screw something up so bad. And it's not even going to have an impact on the bottom line. It's going to cost us a couple hundred bucks. And so what I realized was I can delegate all this stuff. Like I can have them do everything, like literally almost everything. I delegated everything except for a few core relationships and, and then high level strategic planning. And nobody ever made a mistake over the next couple of years nobody ever once made a mistake that cost us more than maybe a thousand two thousand dollars and uh that was probably the biggest lesson i learned that got it it allowed us to scale that's what allowed us to go from about a 10 million to an 18 million dollar company that alone that one thing was just it was my my department was the bottleneck we were the biggest you know part of the company but also we were the biggest bottleneck um and that realization that yeah just because other people aren't doing exactly like me doesn't mean they're doing it wrong and even if they are, it's not that big of a deal. That was so huge for me. So good, man. So good. How did you go from like golf player to a business owner, like at an identity level? Did you just always see yourself as a business owner who was running and leading a group of 30 people or, or more? Or yeah. was there some type of identity shift or mindset shift that allowed you? Or did you just go on the journey and it's just kind of been this ever evolving thing rather than having absolute clarity of this, this big organization vision? Yeah, I always knew I'd be a golfer, you know, growing up. Like I always knew, I mean, I was, um, you know, my, my sophomore year in college, I was one of the, I was ranked top 20 in division one, you know, NCAA golf. I mean, there was no doubt in my mind I was going to play golf. 
I think I learned a lot of the lessons. I think that's it. I never knew I was going to be an entrepreneur, but I learned some of the lessons. Um, first of all, you know, golf is a very, it's kind of like entrepreneurship. It's a very solitary game early on, but as you get better, you have to involve a team. You know, I had, my dad was my golf instructor. I had a trainer. I had a sports psychologist. Um, in college, you know, I had, uh, I had a nutritionist, you know, um, I had an, another coach, you know, that worked with me on specific parts of my game. Um, I had to learn, you know, it, I, I had to learn, I feel like at an early age, I had to learn in my you know, late teens, I had to learn things like, um, you know, how to get what I wanted, like how to go to a golf course, you know, that charges $25,000 to be a member and say, um, Hey, I'm a, you know, I'm, I remember going to the one golf course. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm in, you know, I'm in college. We don't have playing privileges here. I'm just wondering, like, is it, can I come out on like Mondays or something? And you, and you, you know, they said, yeah, you know, just, and I, I learned like, you know, it was nothing for me. I, I grew up in Nashville, Franklin, Tennessee. Um, I remember one day we were like, uh, one of the assistant pros grabs me. He's like, Hey, come, come out here. We're going to go meet somebody. We pull up on the 14th green at the golf course and it's Vince Gill, you know? And I'm like, I, I played sports. We played 13 holes with Vince Gill. I played with Clint Black, you know I mean? Like I've played, I mean, literally if you add up the number of Grammys that I've played golf with, it's over a hundred. I didn't think anything of it, you know? And again, that's like, I get that that's a little privileged, right? And I, I don't mean that to, to sound that way. It was just like that exposure to be able to hang out with people like that had a certain impact on me. Um, you know, I grew up around doctors and lawyers. I grew up around music executives. I remember one day um, I was uh, walking out to... Uh, to with my dad, we were, we were, he was playing with, he, I knew who he was playing with. So I'm trying not to give it away. And um, so I'm walking out to the 17th green at Pinehurst country club, you know, which like two years later hosted a U.S. open. Right. And it's um, Mike Mills and I believe Bill Barry, I think the, the guys from REM. And so I fall in the last two holes, Michael Stipe didn't play golf. Fall in the, they, they're like, Hey, why don't you come on in with us, Matt? I'm like, Oh, cool. So we go hang on. I'm sitting there eating cheese fries with the guys from REM. Right. And they're like, Hey, we got this little thing in here. Do you want to come in with us? I walk in and there's freaking press everywhere. And I'm sitting on the front row eating a basket of cheese fries while REM signing the biggest record contract in history to that point with Sony, I think. <laughs> I'm like, so there's probably like some picture of like this goofy 17, that was 18, goofy 18 year old going, <laughs> eating cheese fries in front of, you know, REM while they're signing this record deal. I mean, there's literally like a hundred reporters in there, like Rolling Stone and uh, probably not a hundred. It was probably like 30, but it, at the time it felt like a hundred, you know, like things like that just happened in my life. And I think I learned those things. I learned so much by watching my dad. Like one of the big things we talked about this earlier, you know, right. You today, when you send people to your website, you know, there's gotta be a free opt-in and we call it a lead magnet and marketing parlance, right. You know, all this stuff. I never knew this, but I learned from my dad what a lead magnet was like my dad, like I said, never owned a computer, never, never got online that I know of, but my dad being a golf instructor would walk up and down on the driving range at the golf course. And he would look for somebody who was struggling. That's who's coming to your website. There's people who are struggling in some area. If ever, it doesn't matter what area you're helping people with, they're struggling with that area. It could be as simple as like, they don't know how to freaking get, last night, I, they don't know how to get the compass on their iPhone to point in the right daggum direction. I, it, was un, it was 
messed up. You know, I had to recalibrate it. Just a side note, you go like this with it. It's the craziest thing. You look like a total goober, but you make a figure eight with your iPhone over and over and it eventually recalibrates it. Um, that's what they're coming to you with was pain. So he'd look for somebody in pain. My dad would go up to them. He'd say, hey, can I give you a tip? And he'd give them one little thing, one quick solution to pain. My dad used to say this. He'd say, when people are in pain, they don't want a prescription. They don't want a long-term solution. They want a Tylenol. They want an Advil. They want a solution to the pain. Then you can talk to them about stuff. You know, the example that I always use is he, you know, that he sort of gave me was like, imagine you said, gosh, my back is killing me. And somebody hits here you go. Here's the solution. And it's appointment. It's an appointment for next Tuesday for a chiropractor. Like it's Thursday. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm in pain now. Solve the problem now. I'll go to the chiropractor on Tuesday. I'll start doing the exercises and the stretches. I'll change my diet. I just need the pain to go away. And so he would find them and they're in pain and he'd give them one little tip and they'd hit that one shot and they would turn to him every time they go, oh my gosh, that's the best drive I've ever hit in my life. How do I give you money for more lessons? And then he'd sell them a thousand dollar golf instruction package. That's what a lead magnet is. It's that one solution to that one problem they're having. Oh, they don't know how to start a blog post. Seven writing prompts to start a blog post. They don't know how to, you know, grow organic gardens outside in the cold, like how to grow an organic garden in, you know, in Northern climates or whatever. I guess it doesn't work down the Southern hemisphere. We get the idea. Um, it's, 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 it's literally, it's like how to pick the right foods to eat when you're going on the keto diet. You know, how to go shopping when you're going on this diet. It's, you know, how to hire your first team member. You don't need to teach them how to build a team of a hundred. That's what they pay for. The, how to hire the first team member, give it to them for free. That's a lead magnet. It's like, that's how we have to think. Well, that was my dad. So I learned all these things. Did you go back to your original question? Was it an intentionality? Maybe. I think I kind of, maybe there's a part of me that knew somewhere this was a possibility. Like if I was going to play golf, that's an entrepreneur. People don't like, they think, oh, it's an athlete. No, it's an entrepreneur. You're, you're a solopreneur surrounded by people on your team going out to make money. When I first turned pro, newsflash, I didn't have a whole lot of money sitting around. I had just gotten out of college. I had like $18 uh, and I had to reserve half of that for beer. Uh, <laughs> like I had 18 bucks, right? So what I had to do, I had to create a business plan to get investors in my golf career. How that works is they put in the money and so I got about $100,000 in investments to last me about two years. Um, my first $100,000 that I made in prize winnings, they got, they split between them 80% of it. I only took home 20%. The next 100,000, it was split like 40, 60, you know, and so on and so forth, right? So that they, they, were, they were making an investment. They were betting that I was going to make them money. Sadly, most of my investors barely made their money back, but that's not the point, you know? Um, I learned how to get investors I learned how to write a business plan and how to, I remember like sitting there at dinner one night, I'm sitting there with uh, two sports agents and the representative from Callaway Golf. And I remember just going like, holy crap, like I'm nobody. And I'm sitting here with these people. Those are lessons that, you know, you take into, I was 20 years old, you know, mm -hmm. like you take those into, um, into entrepreneurship. So I don't know. I, I, I'll answer the question this way. I don't think I ever intended to be, but I was being molded. Awesome. being shaped dude i get i have so many more questions for you but i'll ask you one and, and we'll kind of yeah. land the plane so my last question it's to I you talk, it's, you asked me one question <laughs> and i answer six that's what it is you know 
If you could go back in time and give your younger self some wisdom that would help you collapse time and get results faster, what would you tell them? So many things I would tell myself. Um, if I could, if it was one thing, I, th I think the first thing I would tell is what I learned, you know, the whole like delegate sooner. That's one. I've already said that. So I'll just leave that one there. I think if I could get myself to understand that at the age of 22 or three or four, um, yeah, we did great. We built an $18 million company. We third largest in our niche and all that. I held us back for two years. We could have been so much bigger, so much better and, and impacted so many more people. If I had, if I learned that the other lesson I would, I would tell myself is, um, they kind of, they tie in together. Number one, when someone gives you advice that's ahead of you, and I'm thinking of two particular people who are ahead of me that gave me advice many years ago and I ignored it. Number one, um, take the advice. Number two, shut up. Like, this is different. You're, you're kind of asking me to talk about myself, right? When you're sitting with the guru, you know, if I had an opportunity to sit down with Bill Gates, would I talk about myself or ask him about himself? Like, I would shut up and, you know, ask him about him. You know, if I had the opportunity to be with Elon Musk, same thing. I'm not going to talk about how awesome I am. I'm not going to try to impress him. I'm just going to listen. I'm like, I'm only going to be thinking about what can I get from him? Like, what can I ask him? Because there's nothing I can give him probably, you know, like at least, you know, more than likely um, buy him a cup of coffee and whatever. But, and it was, the, this was the advice I'm thinking of in particular though, that I wish the advice I would give was, Hey, when you get this advice, um, actually put it into use. It's the best business advice I've ever been given. And I completely ignored it for years. If you're going to be a coach, if you're going to be a consultant, if you're going to create products, if you're going to do anything that serves other people, take whatever you think you're worth and double or triple it. Because every single one of us undervalues our time and our expertise. Uh, I've been in the affiliate marketing and the affiliate you know, program management game um, for 15 years, almost going on 16 years. Memorial Day weekend, 2005 was when I got into it. So we're going on almost 15 years now, I guess. When somebody pays me for five hours of my time, they're not paying me for five hours of my time. They're paying me for 15 years of experience. They're, I don't even know the math on that. Eight hours a day, 300 days a year, roughly 280 days a year nine hours a day times 15 years. I mean, we're into the, what, the tens of thousands of hours. Uh, yeah, Malcolm Gladwell, you know, with the 10,000 hour rule, you know, like I'm way past that guys. Um, that's what they're paying for. They're paying for the time in 2005 when I send out an email to hundred prospective affiliates and never heard back from a single one of them. So then I tweaked the email and I heard back from two of them. And then I tweaked the email again and I heard back from six of them. And then I tweaked the email again and heard back from 14 of them and then 18, and then 20. Guess what? You get to skip to 20. It took me six freaking months to figure out how to get one person to respond. Well, you, you get to do it on day one. What's that worth? Uh, let me think. It would have been worth, yeah. <laughs> it would have been worth what I charge for five hours, which is about $10,000. I would have I gladly, I didn't have $10,000 at the time, but I, I would have freaking maxed out multiple credit cards to pay somebody for what I, what took me six months to pay for. And so that's the thing. I, I mean, I would tell myself and, and I probably would tell everybody else, like whatever you think you're worth, 
take it and double or triple it. Because when they gave me that advice, here's what I did. I went, what's an hour of my time worth? And I said, it's worth $150. And you know what I charged? Instead of, at least I could have doubled it, right? Or tripled it. I could have charged 300. I charged $150. I helped that particular client make an extra half of a million dollars. They paid me $3,000. I helped them make a half a million dollars over the next year. If I had charged them five instead of three or 10 even, I mean, they still would have gotten a 50 to 60 times ROI. Um, so yeah, that would be the advice I would give. Awesome, brother. If people want to learn more about you, they want to, I don't know, learn how to run their own affiliate programs, or maybe they work with you directly to build their, their affiliate programs, where can they go? Yeah, man. Uh, go to mattmcwilliams.com forward slash AJ. Awesome. forward slash AJ. I've got some free stuff up there that you guys can, can get in on uh, that'll help you regardless. If you're looking, if you're, if you're building a platform, you know, whatever you want to learn affiliate marketing to monetize, or you're at that point where you're like, I got to start an affiliate program because that is the best way to ramp up your, your income and your influence. Um, either way, you know, you can get both reports uh, there, bud. Awesome. Cool, man. Well, thank you so much for being here, brother. Appreciate you. Thank you, buddy. Well, there you have it, my friend, Matt McWilliams, the first guest of 2021. I hope his story and insights have really inspired you in some way. And if it did, like I would love to hear about it over on Instagram. Simply take a screenshot of you listening to the show on your device, share it over to your Instagram stories and simply tag me at AJ Amix over on Instagram. Thanks for being here today, my friend. Until next time, I'm out. Peace. That's all for this episode of the Anthony John Amex podcast. But we have plenty more to help you achieve a life of freedom, purpose, and success. Head on over to ajamix.com for exclusive resources, information, and tools to break through to new levels of peace, power, and profit. We look forward to having you back for the next episode of the Anthony John Amex podcast. Bye for now.